from the classroom to the emergency room, OR and beyond. You're joining Trauma ICU Rounds with your host, Dr. Dennis Kim. Welcome to Trauma ICU Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Dennis Kim. Now, in our last episode, we reviewed ARDS fundamentals, and to follow up, Today, I want to talk about the role of positive end expiratory pressure, or PEEP, as well as lung volume recruitment maneuvers, aka LVRs, in patients with ARDS. In terms of learning objectives, by the end of this podcast, you should be able to, number one, understand the key determinants of oxygenation in mechanically ventilated patients. Number two, discuss the benefits and risks of a liberal PEEP strategy, and we'll discuss this in the context of the 2004 ARDSnet alveoli paper. Finally, number three, describe how and why an LVR is performed. So when we place a patient on the mechanical ventilator, especially when our patient is in the throes of acute respiratory failure, Our objective up front and early is to take over the work of respiration, typically by means of providing full or complete ventilatory support while maintaining adequate oxygenation and ventilation. And as we've discussed for patients with ARDS, we typically start with low tidal volume ventilation on the order of 4 to 6 cc's per kg of predicted body weight and want to limit our plateau pressures to less than or equal to 30 centimeters of water. Now, plateau pressures are measured with a brief less than 0.5 second inspiratory breath hold, and they're a reflection or approximation of alveolar distending pressures and used to calculate our static compliance, which again is the change in tidal volume over the change in pressure, with the pressures being the plateau pressure minus your PEEP. Now, another term for plateau pressure minus PEEP is driving pressure, which many advocate for keeping at less than 15 centimeters of water in an effort to prevent regional as well as global strain on the lung parenchyma. We'll do a deeper dive into the role of driving pressure in the 2015 NEGM paper by Amato et al., demonstrating that driving pressure was the ventilation variable that best stratified risk in patients with ARDS more so than tidal volume or plateau pressure alone. So not uncommonly, patients with ARDS develop worsening hypoxemia and in an effort to maintain adequate oxygenation, which again is a PaO2 of 55 or SpO2 of around 90%, we can manipulate a few variables by tinkering with the vent. To understand what changes we can make, we have to ask ourselves, what determines oxygenation on positive pressure ventilation? And the classic teaching, or the simple teaching, is PEEP and FiO2. And although this is true, it's not the whole truth. And to understand determinants of oxygenation, we really need to have a grasp of the concept of mean airway pressure. The mean airway pressure is exactly what it sounds like. It's the average pressure applied to the lungs during the course of a breath. Now, mean airway pressure improves oxygenation by allowing the redistribution of oxygen from highly compliant or more stretchy alveoli to less compliant or stiff alveoli. And for the purpose of our rounds today, we're going to limit our discussion to a patient who's receiving volume-controlled ventilation. So, 
when we think about determinants of MAP or mean airway pressure, it helps to think about determinants of another MAP or the mean arterial pressure. And if you'll recall, two-thirds of our cardiac cycle is spent in diastole and one-third is spent in systole, such that the mean arterial pressure approximates the diastolic pressure more so than the systolic pressure. Similarly, when it comes to a breath, our normal I-to-E ratio is 1 to 2 or 1 to 3. That is, we spend more time in expiration than we do in inspiration. And graphically, if you look at the pressure time integral or waveform where you have pressure on the y-axis and time on the x-axis, the mean airway pressure is really the area under the curve. And we'll post an image of this in the show notes. Therefore, increasing PEEP positive end expiratory pressure increases the mean airway pressure and should improve oxygenation by recruiting derecruited lung units, thereby increasing our functional residual capacity or FRC. And I say should because so much of the expected response depends on how much recruitable functional lung units a given patient has. More on that in a bit. So, If PEEP and the E-time are the key contributors to MAP or mean airway pressure during expiration, what factors contribute to MAP during inspiration? And to answer this, you have to recall tidal volume is equal to the product of your flow rate and I-time. Therefore, any increase in your tidal volume, uh, change in the flow rate or waveform, or lengthening of the eye time can all increase your mean airway pressure. And when you think about a mode of open lung ventilation like APRV or airway pressure release ventilation, which we use fairly commonly in our trauma SICU, this is such a great example of how we can manipulate or inverse the IDE ratio such that the vast majority of a breath is spent in inspiration, with the set pressure of, say, 30 centimeters of water, followed by intermittent releases to allow for removal of carbon dioxide. By increasing the eye time, the area under the pressure time curve increases, thereby generating higher mean airway pressures and improving oxygenation. So what does all this mean? Well, simply, the mean airway pressure is not just a function of PEEP, but also the flow pattern, whether you have a descending versus constant waveform, the flow rate, as well as tidal volume and cycle time. All of these variables contribute to the mean airway pressure. But with that said, when our ARDS patient experiences worsening hypoxemia, we obviously want to start by figuring out why. But oftentimes the knee-jerk and simple reaction is to either crank up the FiO2, which is probably the most commonly performed measure, or increase the patient's PEEP. And personally, I'm more in favor of the latter, as I like the idea of attempting to recruit more lung units or decreasing the proportion of non-aerated lungs so that we may improve oxygenation. So PEEP or optimal PEEP is really important for a number of reasons other than just increasing mean airway pressure. Setting PEEP optimally is important so that during expiration... Your alveoli don't collapse, which helps to maintain adequate alveolar surface area for oxygen diffusion to continue. Again, increased FRC. Also, optimal PEEP will prevent higher pressures from being delivered from the vent to have to reopen closed alveoli, resulting in atelectrauma. 
as we've emphasized, it's so critical to minimize that cyclical alveolar collapse and corresponding shearing injury to the lungs. Further, it may decrease overdistension of already aerated or functional alveoli. And in doing all of the above, we may prevent further biotrauma inflammation, as well as potentially prevent surfactant dysfunction. But despite all these potential benefits, there are some potential risks to aggressive PEEP strategies, and these include potential hemodynamics uh, instability, particularly among patients who are volume down or have a sick right ventricle. In the former case, the elevated PEEP will decrease the gradient for venous return from the large systemic veins back to the right heart. In the latter case, if alveolar distending pressures are greater than pulmonary venous pressures, this is going to result in an increased afterload on the right ventricle and can result in acute core pulmonality. Also, high inflation pressure pulmonary edema apparently is a thing. And finally, given the heterogeneous nature of ARDS, you may have open lung units that are then overdistended, resulting in compression of neighboring vascular beds and capillaries, and this may result in redirection or shunting of blood to areas where there are unrecruited or collapsed alveoli that are not actively participating in gas exchange. Now, you may have noticed that I use the term optimal PEEP a lot, and I think one lesson that we've learned over the years when it comes to application of PEEP is that it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all strategy, and so much is contingent upon your patient's oxygenation status, their hemodynamic profile, and a thoughtful consideration of lung compliance as well as respiratory mechanics. And PEEP may induce hyperinflation and increase the risk of villi, especially in patients with low recruitability or lobar ARDS. In fact, some patients exhibit tidal hyperinflation despite using low tidal volumes and moderate PEEP levels according to the ARDSnet strategy. So that begs the question, how do we define optimal PEEP in a given patient? And to be honest, there's no one reliable and reproducible way to do so. Some have advocated looking at the volume pressure loops to identify that lower inflection point and targeted PEEP in and or around that area. With that said, the vast majority of studies examining high versus low PEEP strategies have titrated PEEP on the basis of patients' arterial oxygenation response to protocolized PEEP to FiO2 settings. In a 2006 paper published in the NEJM, Gattinoni and colleagues used CT scans to better understand the relationship between PEEP and potentially recruitable lung. And the study authors found that the use of higher PEEP levels in patients with a lower percentage of potentially recruitable lung provides little benefit and may actually be harmful. Now, when it comes to trials comparing low versus high PEEP in patients with ARDS, there are really three big ones. Alveoli, which was the follow-up ARDSnet trial to the original ARMA paper published in 2004. And then we have the LOVES and EXPRESS trials, both published in JAMA in 2008. Now, when the alveoli trial gets discussed, folks are quick to point out that the study was stopped early for futility and that there were no significant differences in the primary outcome or the majority of outcomes. First, the study was powered to detect a 10% absolute risk reduction in deaths, assuming a mortality of 28% in the control group. 
I mean, low tidal volume ventilation resulted in a 9% decrease in death, and the mortality rate in that study was around 35%. So to think that PEEP alone would change mortality by this amount seems a bit unrealistic. Also, the projected mortality rate of 28% is a little bit lower than you would expect for patients with ARDS. Secondly, if you look at the baseline characteristics of patients, they're not that sick, and the majority had at worst moderate ARDS or acute lung injury. Third, as we said previously, ARDS outcomes focus on oxygenation and death, and in this study, early oxygenation or the PF ratios were better in the high PEEP group with no difference in barrel trauma, which across papers tends to be around 10%. Finally, my personal preference prior to simply moving up the PEEP staircase in a stepwise fashion is to perform a lung volume recruitment maneuver or LVR in order to optimally recruit potentially functional lung units followed by increased PEEP to keep the newly recruited lung units open. Before we end with a quick overview of LVRs, I do want to mention a 2010 systematic review and meta-analysis that pulled the results of the three previously mentioned trials and actually found that in patients with ARDS, moderate or severe, higher levels of PEEP were associated with a relative mortality reduction of about 10%, an absolute difference of 4%, and a number needed to treat of 25 patients. Further, they found no evidence suggesting serious adverse effects associated with higher PEEP in patients with ARDS. In terms of our final objective, describing how an LVR is performed, so LVRs can be performed in a number of ways, but probably the simplest is to do what's known as a 30 for 30 or 40 for 40. That's really holding 30 centimeters of water for 30 seconds or 40 centimeters of water for 40 seconds. And these were actually used in the first 80 patients in the alveoli trial, and patients did have increased but non-sustained improvements in their oxygenation status. The LOVES trial also used LVRs in the experimental group, which included a 40-second breath hold at 40 centimeters of water airway pressure on an FiO2 of 1.0. Just as we talked about the potential harms of excessive PEEP, you can probably anticipate some of the potential risks of performing an LVR, like hemodynamic compromise, transient hypoxemia, and arrhythmias. But in general, these maneuvers are well-tolerated with no increase in the risk for barotrauma. And these can be performed quite simply by switching to pressure support or CPAP, increasing the pressure support to 30 or 40 centimeters of water, and leaving it there for 30 to 40 seconds. As many of these patients are deeply sedated, plus or minus paralyzed, they aren't breathing spontaneously. And although we don't use HFOV or high-frequency oscillatory ventilation Often these days, we will commonly perform a lung volume recruitment maneuver before we transition someone from conventional mechanical ventilation to HFOV, and this is really only used as part of our rescue strategy for severe refractory hypoxemia. So to summarize, oxygenation in mechanically ventilated patients is a function of their mean airway pressure together with their FiO2. And PEEP is a major contributor to the mean airway pressure. Further, a higher PEEP strategy may be associated with improved outcomes in patients with moderate to severe ARDS 
and lung volume recruitment maneuvers may be a safe method for recruiting de-recruited lung and should be considered prior to initiation of more advanced therapies like neuromuscular blockade or proning. Now, in the next vent talk, we'll discuss the approach to patients with elevated peak pressures, plateau pressures, or both. But later this week, I'm excited to release an episode I recorded with Scott Weingart of MCRIT, in which we discuss and review the approach to performing cricothyroidotomies. This one is not to be missed, and if you haven't yet, please do check out the episode we did together on resuscitative thoracotomy back in December at MCRIT. Until next time, please continue reading, take care of yourselves and others, and we'll talk soon.